And just like that, week seven of the NFL season is upon us. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Fridays, your boy Q, Bo Brock, that's myself. We're glad you joined us today. We're excited to talk about last night's game. Pretty much the NFC East. And we can pretty much summarize last night's game by recapping one play Q. We'll get into that. We're also going to get into... The quarterbacks that were under center in the shotgun last night, a couple young signal callers. The jury's out, but uh, I think we have our own thoughts. Carson Wentz and, uh, of course, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. We'll get into that as well. Chad Millman from the Action Network is going to help us pick some winners with some tight spreads in Week 7 as well. And we've got some movement. We have a brand-new Sunday night game. I mean, that that's going to be some information we're going to get into here pretty pretty quickly here, Q. I mean, your Raiders were all set to take the field against Tampa Tom and the Buccaneers, and it's not happening anymore. No, it's not. And I thought you were going to let that one slide on by. I didn't know you were going to hit me with a zinger right off the top of the show. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, it's all good, uh, even though it's not all good. Uh, Raiders being uh, moved to, to uh, a 1 p.m. West Coast kickoff instead of a primetime Sunday night game because of COVID-19 and uh, and – Trent Brown, the right tackle, he's got he's got the COVID nineteen uh, asymptomatic. He tested positive, but at the same time, he uh, his dumb self didn't wear his uh, his con- his 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 tracking device, and so uh, the whole entire offensive line has been reamed uh, as a high risk. And then also safety Jonathan Abrams. So all those guys are going to be out until at least Sunday morning. So who knows if this game even gets played on Sunday at all? But uh, yeah, this is this is not a very good following of uh, NFL guidelines trying to beat this COVID-19 thing and trying to keep all the players safe. The Raiders have a big fail when it comes to that this uh, this week. My co-host, your boy Q, of course, the host of Locked On Raiders. It's a great podcast. Absolutely check it out. For all the latest information as far as the silver and black go, in place of that game, the team that I cover, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals, they are going to be playing host to the unbeaten Seattle Seahawks. That's going down Sunday night. Instead, they get flexed in the most unique flex of all time. Uh, and it, I think that might be a testament to, you know, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury turning things around. I think they 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 played this one into in, into this game a little bit. If they weren't 4-2, and two, I, I'm sure the NFL might have hesitated in putting the Cardinals in this spot. I agree. And then on top of that, Seattle is looking really good, and Russell Wilson is on the MVP uh, trail. And so I think that the combination of both teams, honestly, uh, make this a really sexy match for a Sunday night. So if my Raiders can't play on, on Sunday night, at least a, a really good game with uh, Seattle and, and Arizona. Seattle, a team that's been there, done that, and Arizona, who's clearly on the rise. You, that's not the last you've heard of both those games. We're going to look at that where we crack the Sunday six-pack that's going down, even though the Raiders might not be playing on Sunday. We'll look into it. Of course, COVID giving us a new look on this football season, but in a good way, this football season is different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those like you and myself and Q. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now, we watched this Thursday night game last night, Q, and a single play can summarize what we witnessed last night on Thursday Night Football. That's your locked-on NFL lead story it was Daniel Jones rushing free for 80 spectacular yards. 
but then he fell down eight yards short. Eight <laughs> yards short of the end zone, not a defender within 10 yards. He looked like a baby giraffe, like just be, just yes. stumbling, bumbling, yes. rumbling. We, we've all heard like the phrase, feet don't fail me now, and you're like, where does that phrase even come from? Well, plays like last night, Danny Dimes falling down. Just no defender within him or in front of him, like behind him and in front of him, and he's just falling on the turf. That's where the play ended up. That's the definition of getting got by the turf monster. He got <laughs> got by the turf monster. Clearly, uh, Daniel Jones has never ran 90 yards in his life because after 80, he was ready to tap out, and so were his legs. And so, luckily for the Giants, they still got into the end zone. But, man, that was embarrassing. Leonard Williams, other players from the team were on the sideline looking at the replay on the Jumbotron, laughing at him. I mean, that's that's one of those in film study the next day. Uh, they're really going to give him the business. And then on top of that, they lost the game. But... Uh, obviously, they didn't lose the game because of that play, but uh, they're 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 gonna give him a bad time for that for for quite a while. You just can't get caught up by the turf monster. No, you can't. Not when you're running free to the end zone. And yeah, to add insult to injury, this was a 22-21 win for the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that really does summarize the NFC least, where these two teams you couldn't figure out which one wanted to win the game. Now, at the end of the day, Evan Ingram looked like he missed. A good pass from Daniel Jones that would have sealed the deal potentially for the G-Men, and that gave Carson Wentz and this Philadelphia offense another opportunity. They march down. Carson Wentz hits uh, Boston Scott for a pretty pass and catch. He toe-taps for the end zone, and next thing you know, the Eagles are winning this game. And uh, what, 2-4-1 two, two, now? Getting man, a big win for themselves. I'll tell you right now, man, the, the, the NFC East is such a joke that, like you started this, the whole show with, talking about week seven is underway. Do you know if you go through every win in the NFC East, they only have a total of six? I mean, think wow. about that. The whole division has a total of six wins combined. That's how bad the NFC East is, and we're already into week seven. That lets you know it's a terrible, terrible division. It's just unreal, and it's almost like, can we just abolish divisions for this year? We can't have a representative from right. the NFC East this year in the postseason. I mean, Tennessee's already got five. Kansas City's got five. There's a, there's a handful of five-win teams, and they're just one win off the entire division. <laughs> um, I, I just there was a bunch of turnovers in this contest yes. that continues to plague Danny Jones, but also Carson Wentz through his 10th pick of the season. He's not a guy that's taking care of the football very well as well. He's a mess. He really is. And I know that they got the win and that's all nice and good. Uh, but he threw the ball, in my opinion, way too many times. He was inaccurate on multiple passes, threw an interception in the end zone that you can't throw. Just no ex explanation for it. He's been in the league too long to be making the mistakes he's he's making. He's been in the league too long to be as inaccurate as he is. Uh, and I know he has a rookie in Jalen Hurts. who The jury's still out on him if he's going to be a quarterback in the league, what he's going to do. But I'll tell you, man, if I'm Philadelphia, and I got two wins on the season, albeit I'm in first place, fine, I get it. I'm going to probably roll the dice out there and let Jalen Hurts play just a little bit more to see what he's got or maybe light a fire under Carson Wentz because I'll tell you, man, some of those passes he throws are so ugly, but then he'll come back and throw a dime to win the game like he did, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he's a really good quarterback. But then you forget the other 30 incompletions. It's just ridiculous. It is, it is very odd when Carson Wentz is in the two-minute drill at the end of the game, at the end of the half, we even saw it in the first half. 
He looked way more comfortable. Just yep. drop back, throw. But other than that, the kid is just trying to do way too much. If you're Philadelphia, Doug Peterson, rein him in before these bad habits can't be remedied. We might be past that. Right. You know? I mean, I know he's <laughs> making plays. I know the numbers look pretty. I know that Philly left the building with a win, but it was over a terrible Giants team. I mean, to be a playmaker is one thing, but Wentz is out of control. He's compounding his mistakes, and uh, it's really hurting offensively for Philadelphia. I mean, tremendous prospect at North Dakota State, but he didn't have those big gaudy numbers in college. They were a powerhouse, right? but he wasn't putting up big-time numbers. I mean, he emerged in the second season. He balls out 33 touchdowns, seven picks before succumbing to the knee injury. But, you know... Things are festering for Wentz, and Peterson really needs to rein things in for him. Well, the problem is, in my opinion, is he's taken a step back. I mean, he really has. He's taken a step back. He's regressed. And I think, like you said, uh, he's got to rein him in before it's uh, the habits are too too much to overcome. I think you're already past that. Uh, when he's thrown as many interceptions as he has, what, 10 on the season, leads the league in interceptions? I mean, it's just, it's not okay. What he's doing, some of the decisions he's making, again, he's been in the league too long to throw interception in the end zone, where he basically threw it up for grabs and said, hey, if you want it, go get it. And, well, the G-men went and got it. And, again, fortunate for him, he was able to pull it out at the end. Uh, the Giants made a few mistakes. Uh, I was giving Evan Ingram a pass on his drop ball. Uh, but after looking at it and looking at the review a couple more times, checking it out on Twitter a couple times, uh, he probably could have done a little bit more to catch that pass from Danny Dimes. So, uh, yeah, I think that the, that, uh, the Eagles just escaped with a victory. And, uh, really, Carson Wentz escaped from too much ridicule because he did get that win. But uh, all eyes need to continue to stay on Carson Wentz because he's not looking too good. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, Locked On NFL Podcast. Let me ask you this real quick before uh, we get to our six-pack. Daniel Jones, do you feel like the, the Giants have somebody to, to build around? Um, they got a, they got a guy who's a, a, a weapon. He's a good player. Uh, he's got a lot to work on as well. You know, his accuracy is not always there. Even that pass to Ingram, even though I know Ingram could have caught it, uh, it was still, in my opinion, a little bit further outside or a little bit farther than it needed to be. It was a little bit over overthrow, but Ingram with a little bit more of an effort, I think, uh, catches the ball. Uh, but I just, I, I think that he could have, Honestly, put it in the breadbasket just a little bit better. But either way you look at it, uh, Daniel Jones still has some room to grow. Uh, but I think he's on he's on the right path. Uh, they got to put some pieces around him because he really doesn't have a lot of weapons to work with either. Pieces offensively, defensively, but there's still a long way to go, in, in my opinion, for Jones as well as far as just making the right throws, making the right decisions. But you see that the arm strength, the throws he has, as far as his, his just his arm ability, and then his uh, his athleticism, it seems like it's there, but uh, it also seems pretty far away. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out. Coming up next, we've got some big games, including the new Sunday night game. Cardinals Seahawks, can they give Russell Wilson his first loss of the season? We'll preview that. And we'll also get into the Raiders. Can they beat another quarterback like they did with Patrick Mahomes? Can they shut down... Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in that offense in week seven. We'll get into that discussion, the Sunday six pack coming up locked on NFL. Before we get into that though, let me tell you about one of our good sponsors, which is built go, which comes from, 
the makers of Built Bar. And a lot of times you think about that wall. So every one of us has that wall that we try to break through each and every day. I know I do. And usually I, tr- I drink an energy drink every single day to try to get through it. The only problem with that energy drink is it's really fake energy, meaning it's not going to last and it's not natural. And that's where Built Go comes in. Uh, Built Go is going to give you natural energy. It's good for your system. It's not going to give you that crash feeling. And it comes in a very small package, 1.5 ounces. It's like a five-hour energy without that same crash feeling it's natural so it's really really good on your body they have three delicious flavors to choose from peanut butter honey chocolate coconut chocolate mint and i'm sure you're probably wondering well yeah but q how does it exactly work look let me tell you like this built go combines energy gel with collagen protein collagen protein is fast absorbing so it'll get into your system fast it's very easy on your stomach it's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work matter of fact collagen It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, skin health. It basically makes you look better. Who couldn't use a little bit of look better, right? Everyone could have a little look better in their life. Right now, go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltGo.com. Promo code LOCKED. 20% off your next order. Again, BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Segment number two. It's on the way. Welcome back to Friday's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Bo Brock, I'm your boy Q. You can find Bo on Twitter at Bo Brack, and uh, you can find your boy Q, myself, at your boy Q254. And Bo, this is the favorite part of the show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, love talking about the Lions, love talking with Chad Millman, love talking about Thursday Night Football, but I really, really like to open up that six-pack. And what I mean by that is, no, not go to the fridge and get a bunch of drinks out. I'm talking about... The six-pack of games. What games intrigue us the most? You pick three, I pick three. We break them down, tell tell everyone why we like them so much. So that's what we're going to go ahead and jump into right about now. So I'm going to pass it on to you first. Which game are you feeling? All right, so I'm going to get this one out of the way because it could be that skunky beer that's been in your fridge for way too long. Like that's <laughs> been hiding in the back of the fridge, maybe even your auxiliary fridge in the garage or something. If you have that, you know what I'm talking about. You go and you grab it, and it's skunky, and it doesn't taste what t- taste good. But the opportunity that's with this game, that's tied to this game, is the is the big thing I'm looking at. It's the other half of the NFC least. Yeah, we saw it the one half on Thursday Night Football: Giants, Eagles. I'm talking about, despite the poor start for the Dallas Cowboys, the opportunity that they have to move their record to three and four. And kind of take a stranglehold of the NFC East. Ezekiel Elliott in this contest queue has to actually pick up the slack. Not like we were talking about last week where he needs to pick up the slack without Dak Prescott. He can't fumble twice. He's got to be a man possessed. Toting the rock, being the guy that got that big contract. Now, can he do that? Or is he going to continue to struggle holding on to the pill? That's possible. The patchwork O-line needs to protect Andy Dalton. They didn't do it last week. And this defense needs to stop Kyle Allen. Now, of all the things I just uh, mentioned there, probably this horrible defense slowing down Kyle Allen is the best option for Dallas to sneak out a win. I I don't know. I I think at this, maybe I just want to use this game to rally for Ryan Fitzpatrick getting traded to the Dallas Cowboys (laughs) and actually give them a quarterback. But that's for another conversation. I just think that there's opportunity here for Dallas to kind of stay afloat here and kind of take advantage of another down team, probably the worst team in the NFC East, and that's Washington, and uh, and get the victory. That's why this one's intriguing to me. 
Well, you know what? This game is intriguing to me as well. I'm glad you picked this one. And uh, kind of for same reasons along the lines that you're talking about, but, uh, you know, there's 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 guys I'm paying attention to. And one is Ezekiel Elliott, like you said. And it's not really if I want to see if he's going to be a dominating force like I think he can be and he should be, but can he get out of his own head? Zeke Elliott looks like a guy that's fighting something in his head. You know, it's like he's thinking about what he's doing, putting the ball on the ground multiple times. He's leading the league in fumbles right now. He's got five fumbles on the season and four fumbles lost. Zeke Elliott doesn't do that. And oh, by the way, he did that in six games. So uh, he's got to get out of his own way. Uh, can the Cowboys, like you mentioned, stop someone defensively? The other part of this game that's very intriguing to me is Washington. They stink. They're an awful team. Let's make no mistake about it. But that defense can go. That front seven, they can get after it, man. They got a they got a nasty defensive front, the defensive line. They can get after the quarterback. And I don't know if you noticed, I know you did, but Dallas don't have an offensive line. Every one of their offensive linemen is down, or it's a, it's a new guy being in or put it in there, or another guy replacing another guy. I mean, it is a skeleton crew for an offensive line. So uh Andy Dalton, who's not the fastest cat in the building, he might be on the run all game long. So that's another reason why this one's intriguing to me. Absolutely. What's your first uh entry? to the six-pack? Well, I'm going to pick a, a, a game that, you know what, is probably sitting next to that skunky beer that you were talking about <laughs> at the back. I guess we're pulling them all from the back and we're working our way to the front. But how about Detroit at Atlanta? How about that one? And I know a lot of people right now are going to be like, how in the hell is that one intriguing to you? They both stink. And no, you're not wrong. But I want to see if Atlanta continues to, well, if they start to showcase Julio Jones a little bit more, not that you have to showcase him. Everyone knows what he's capable of doing. But I think that Atlanta's going to go out there and maybe show that he's healthy and that, hey, uh, he could be made available. The trade deadline is November 3rd. There's a lot of things going on on November 3rd. Uh, my birthday is the other one. But either way you look at it, I mean, there's a lot going on on that day. That's the trade deadline in the NFL. Can guys in Atlanta who look like they're uh, you know going to have a fire sale, they're, they're in a mess right now, could Julio Jones be on his way out of there? Could Keon O'Neal be on his way out of there? I mean, there's other guys that they have that you know could be valuable for teams that feel like they're, they're in good position to make a run with one more player here or one more player there. So that's what intrigues me about Atlanta and Detroit. Well, they're just such a mess that sometimes I just need a good laugh. And uh, I just I think that Detroit's a, a big laugh at this point. Uh, I don't know how Matt Patricia still held on to his job or is holding on to his job. I think he might be one of the next ones to go. As far as coaches that get fired uh, in season, he could be right there on that list. So uh, that's something else I'm looking for. Not that I'm ever rooting for a guy to get fired, but if there's one or two that could be out there outside of uh, outside of Adam Gase, I would think Matt Patricia would be one of them. So that's that's why the the Detroit and Atlanta game is intriguing to me. What's up next for you? Yeah, all right, let's look at this one. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's getting a little bit better. Kansas City at four and one. We're talking about your division, the AFC West, the Denver Broncos at two and three, who took out the New England Patriots last week in Foxborough. Will the Broncos continue the, tre- the trend, though, in the division of those foes playing the Chiefs tight like Hughes Raiders did to beat them? And then earlier in the season, when we saw the LA Chargers play Kansas City tight, where the Chiefs had to come back and win that contest. The Broncos' defense, I think they're good enough to slow down Mahomes. Not good enough to outright win this game. Right. But Drew can Drew Locke make enough throws to stay in the game? That's a big question. But I do like the spark plug that Philip Lindsay was last week returning from injury. Tight end Noah Fant's coming back. I just like this to be a better game than a lot of people anticipate it being. I mean, when you look at the 
you know, the spread. It's not a close game as far as the spread is indicating. I just think that the AFC West is tired of being bullied by the Chiefs, and there's a there's a game plan there within the division that could make this, make this game a little bit more interesting than we're used to seeing. You know, the thing about it is every team in the AFC West has tried to build themselves so they can beat the Chiefs because you're exactly right. Tired of being bullied by the Chiefs. It's just, it's getting old, tiresome. Uh, you saw the Raiders had to put up 40 points to be able to beat them. I agree with you 100%. Denver has the defense to slow down Patrick Mahomes. You're never going to stop him completely. I just doubt that their offense has enough to, to put up on the board that they can score enough to actually beat them. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a close game. I think Denver is going make it, to make it fun to watch. But ultimately, I think Kansas City comes out with the victory because Drew Locke and company doesn't have enough offensively. But defensively, they're definitely headed in the right direction uh, under Vic, Vic Fangio's uh, tutelage and leadership. Uh, I just don't know if they can get it done on the offensive side of the ball. So I expect Kansas City to come away with the victory, but very intrigued by that game for every reason that you mentioned. How about the Packers coming off an embarrassing loss to Tampa Bay? Well, they're at Houston, which in my opinion is probably a get-right game. You know, that's a that's a game <laughs> where I don't think any team ever wants to be the, the next team up after uh, Aaron Rodgers and company gets embarrassed. Aaron Rodgers and company were flying high until they, uh, they met up with Tampa Bay. Uh, Rodgers gets sacked five times, gets picked off twice. One gets taken back to the house, so I'm sure he's got a little bit of an axe to grind. Uh, and plus, they need to continue to win because that division that they're in, uh, the NFL see North, man. The Chicago Bears are doing their thing. They're actually showing that they could be a really good team in that division and, and, and be a contender, you know? I mean, they're they're doing it in a major way, and I think they've shocked a lot of people, including myself. So, uh, Green Bay needs to get a victory just to kind of get that bad taste out of their mouth uh, from that Tampa Bay game, and Houston is, well, that's the team to, to set them up and, and tee it up for them to get that victory. Uh, I just I don't see much from Houston. I think there'll be a fire sale there going on pretty soon as Romeo Cornell, the interim head coach, uh, he he's he's just there. He's a placeholder. I, I believe that'll be Eric Bieniemy's job next season. But that's that's for another conversation. What do you think about this one? I like that. I mean, it could be one of those trap games. Obviously, Green Bay beaten up in last week's contest against the Buccaneers. Fourteen players as of Thursday on the injury report. So we'll see. You know what kind of strength they're at, and you know will Romeo Cornell learn from his mistakes? The oldest coach in the NFL. Will he stay super aggressive? He goes for two when they could have just put points up and not lost, or I mean, set up a tie for the Tennessee Titans, go to overtime and lose that game. It worked in his first game as an interim head coach. He goes for it on fourth down. It turns into a touchdown. Didn't work another time. But, you know, if he stays super aggressive, could this be a trap game for the Packers? Likely not. But, uh, you know, when you got Deshaun Watson, you got that puncher's chance. No doubt. Absolutely. I'm looking at my last addition to the six-pack, and it's a team that I cover on a weekly basis. It's the 4-2 and two Arizona Cardinals playing host to the unbeaten 5-0 and oh Seattle Seahawks. The best offense in the NFL, but has given up the most yardage in the NFL on the defensive side of the football. When you take a closer look at this one, that, yeah, sure, Russell Wilson, he has played very well since entering the league in Glendale, Arizona, at State Farm Stadium. And, you know, the, the Seahawks are unbeaten. But when you look at who they've played and how tight all those contests have been, it's not as impressive. As you start to kind of peel back that onion, you look at wins that they narrowly escaped the Vikings. They need a couple fourth down plays. The Dolphins with this tight contest. The Cowboys, sure, they had Dak. They squeaked by the, the Cowboys. The Patriots, they had a tough time. They gave up a lot of points. The Patriots, I don't think any of us would agree would think that that's a great offense. And then the Falcons, 
they uh, in week one, that was a little tighter than I think they wanted to, it to be. The last time the two teams met up, the Cardinals were able to get after Russell Wilson. That was with Chandler Jones. He had four sacks in that contest. He's out for the season. The Cardinals were able to apply pressure to Dallas, but that was against the bad offensive line, patchwork offensive line. So we're, we're going to see the first true test for the Cardinals defense that's given up the second least amount of points per game in the NFL. So we'll see if this defense is for real, what Kyler Murray and the offense can do against a real bad Seahawks defense. I just think that there's a lot going into this one, and I'm actually I'm, I'm leaning towards a Cardinals upset in giving the Seahawks the first L of the season. Yeah, I picked Seattle to win this game, but every reason that you just mentioned is is spot on. And Seattle and their leaky defense, man, it's going to eventually catch up to them. Uh, I, I just don't like the way that they're playing. That's not typical Seattle ball, but Russell Wilson's been a magician. He's been great. Uh, he's an MVP candidate. I've been pounding the campaign table for him. I think he should be the MVP of the league in 2020, but eventually that defense is going to catch up to him. I'm not picking it to be this this week against Arizona, but if there's a team that could do it, Arizona with what they they're able to do uh the the different kind of style of offense that that they run Cliff Kingsbury uh, obviously Kyler Murray you got DeAndre Hopkins you got Larry Fitzgerald I mean you got a lot of weapons all over the field any of those guys could, could burn Seattle in that leaky defense so I could see them taking the L but because of the strength of Russell Wilson I'm gonna say that they win this game but uh gonna be very interesting and you know that's gonna be a fun Sunday night game and and, and the fact that well Tampa Bay and the Raiders aren't playing Sunday night and that's actually the last game in my six-pack that I have is Tampa Bay and uh, Las Vegas. That game has been moved to 1 p.m. on the West Coast uh, because the Raiders, well, Trent Brown, the right tackle, can't stay uh, COVID-free. And look, I'm I'm not making a joke about COVID because it's not a joke, and I'm not getting mad at him for coming down with COVID, but I am getting mad for him uh, not wearing his uh, tracking device. And so the rest of the offensive line, plus safety Jonathan Abram, are all deemed as high-risk guys now because, well, Trent Brown didn't have his uh, tracking device on, so the NFL can't tell if the guys are high risk or not and now they got to be out at least five days and that means that they can't return to action till Sunday morning which oh by the way that's game day so they're going to get no practice because Trent Brown was irresponsible that was a very selfish act I hate that I can't stand that he did that uh, I've said multiple times on the Lockdown Raiders podcast I think the Raiders should cut him uh, for conduct detrimental to the team uh, but then, again that's just me so this game is all of a sudden got uh, kind of grew some more legs like it needs more storyline already uh, but we'll see how it goes down a game I thought that the Raiders should be favored to win because it was at home and they're coming off a big win against the Chiefs well the the Buccaneers are coming off a big win against the Packers and now the Raiders may not be at full strength so I think uh, you just kind of swung the ball right back into the Buccaneers corner there you have it it's the Sunday six pack here on Locked on NFL Friday your boy Q Bo Brock give us a follow on Twitter at your boy Q254 and follow me at Bob Rack, easiest way to find me on Twitter. Coming up next, Chad Millman, the Action Network, the Favorites podcast. There's some tight spreads in week seven. He helps us navigate those and helps us win some money. It's coming up. We're back. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out. And as we do every Friday, we're joined by our guy, Chad Millman, the Action Network, the podcast, the Favorites. For all your betting insight, the man's on fire. You got to check out that podcast. For all the NFL Week 7 action we bring on Chad, and man, I got to tell you, after Monday night, team that I cover here on Locked On Cardinals on the Locked On Podcast Network, they put a whooping on the Dallas Cowboys, 38-10. to I didn't see that one coming. Now they're on Sunday night. They've been flexed to primetime. I'm sorry, Q. 
but they're taking on the Seattle Seahawks who are favorites by three and a half points. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I might take the home team Cardinals here. What do you think, Chad? You know, it's a tricky one. <clears throat> I, I feel like this game really should be probably four and a half. And I think you're getting a little bit of value because of what you just said, Bo. Like having, having done what they did to the Cowboys in Monday Night Football, uh, and the fact that they beat up the Jets the week before, like, and they started off really strong. There's a lot of um, public backing <clears throat> for this team right now. And, you know, we can even see like the line open at three and a half and it's been bet down a little bit. So um, that tells me that, that a lot of the, the, the fans, the money has come in on the Cardinals and I'm not buying it. Like as bad as the Seahawks defense is, and believe me, it's like, dreadful um russell wilson ends these games in ways that i don't want to be against him and to me this feels like a matchup where the seahawks are just a more talented overall team on the offensive side of the ball and so i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go with seattle i feel like i'm i'm selling high on the cardinals right now I don't think you're wrong in that. I'll just give you a little nugget if you need it going forward because I talk about this so much during the week. Russell Wilson is 6-1-1 one, one playing in Glendale at State Farm Stadium. So you're not – I don't think you're far off. I'm just – maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Q? What, what are your thoughts on um, basically the Battle of Ohio? Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, to me on paper, this game kind of looks like one of those where uh, I want to think that Cleveland could just basically run them out the stadium, but then I've seen bad Cleveland. I've seen good Cleveland, and I've seen good Cincinnati. So uh, Cleveland at, a, at, a, at, a, at three and a half points. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Q, this is one of those games where you cannot – rely on what you've seen on the field. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Like betting, honestly, so many bettors I know, they don't even watch the games. They will look at the box scores after the game. They will check like the things that matter most to them, like third down efficiency, how teams perform, like what, what the yards per play differential is, things like that. Because those are sort of what are, if those are consistent, those are better indicators of a team success than total yards or even um, what they look like on the field. To me, this is the Browns. Like the Browns offensive line is better in all phases in all ways than anything the Bengals can do on defense. We saw what they did to them on that Thursday night game where they, they, they tried to run at the clock and couldn't because the Bengals could not tackle anybody. The Bengals defense hasn't gotten better. You can see it last week. They gave up a 21-point lead to the Colts, right? I am not a Baker believer right now, but I am a Browns believer. And I do think that a short home, a short road favorite, while it's not my favorite thing to do, um, this running game is too good. And they will have learned from what they did wrong on that Thursday night game where they let Joe Burrow through the back door. The Lockdown NFL Podcast, joined by Chad Millman, of course, of the Action Network. The podcast is the favorite. Give Chad a f- follow on Twitter as well. At Chad Millman. Now, here are a pair of teams that I can't really put my finger on and really get a true uh, glimpse of who they actually are. And that's because of last Sunday night, San Francisco puts a whooping on the LA Rams, and then New England on the same Sunday is falling to the Denver Broncos. But yet, I look at the Patriots as favorites against the Niners. How do you, uh, what do you see from this contest? Yeah, it's an, it's another buy low, sell high, Bo. Like, that, and that's what you want to do in betting a lot is, is work against the public perception. And to me, last week, the Niners 
were a prime spot, right? They were getting a little bit healthier. Mostert was back. Garoppolo was now sort of two weeks removed from having come back, having sat out the second half of that Dolphins game. And it just felt like this is the joint, right? Like this is where they're going to perform in prime time. You're getting them as underdogs. I bet the Niners on the money line. It worked out great. Meanwhile, this line opened at five and a half. It has been bet down to two and a half because everybody saw the Niners get healthy against a very good football team in the Rams. And the Patriots lost at home on six field goals to the Broncos. So you're getting the Patriots at a heavily discounted price. And like, I know I'm using phrases that speak to sort of financial markets, but a lot of times that's what betting is. And that's what betting on the point spread is, is like you are trying to find those little edges. Like the Patriots as a two and a half point home favorite against a team in the Niners that isn't fully healthy, that has had to travel, that now has Raheem Mostert injured again, that Jimmy Garoppolo has proven he really can't stand on that back leg still. Um, and a Belichick coach team that is making adjustments every single second uh, and had Cam Newton now for a second week after being sick from COVID, like, I, I like the Patriots in this spot. Well, a couple games or a couple teams that I have no idea about, and I don't even know what kind of team they are. And I know you said don't don't believe what you're seeing on the field, and I don't even know what I'm seeing on the field. How about the Rams in Chicago? Chicago's off to a great start, 5-1. and one. I don't know if I believe that that's who they really are, and the Rams confused the hell out of me. And, and I realize that they're, they're on the road or they're going to be six-point uh, favorites, but I just I don't understand this game at all. This game's messing with my head a little bit, Q. I'm not <laughs> okay. gonna lie. I'm not the only yeah. one. <laughs> I don't I don't have a I don't have a strong opinion on it. I don't have a strong lean on it. I, I feel like if the line keeps moving uh in the direction that it is, and it, it opened at seven and then immediately got bet down to five and a half. Like the wise guys came in and they bet on the bears pretty heavily. The line moved down, but the public money is coming in so much more for the Rams that it's moving the line back up. So it's back to six. I'm sort of going to sit this one out until I see it gets closer to the game and I see what happens with the line. If, if the money keeps coming in on the Rams then and the line goes up, then come Sunday morning, I'm probably going to bet – it's actually the Monday game. Come Monday, then I'm probably going to bet on the Bears. And the chances are with a Monday night game, like everybody bets that game people tend to favor the favorites. People tend to favor the home team. So if you like the Bears, then I would say hold on and bet it Monday night. Let's chat about probably the game of week seven. It features a pair of unbeaten squads between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. Titans, they have the uh, comeback victory over the Houston Texans last week. Pittsburgh, they have to hold uh, hold on against uh, Philadelphia, and they win the bragging rights in Pennsylvania. Looks like this is about a one one point favorite, depending on which day of the week you bet it, even a pick 'em. I mean, not that this game needs any more action to be any more exciting and for you know to get people to kind of tune in, but which who do you like in this contest between the Steelers and Titans? And could it change between now and game day? It probably can. Um, I liked the Steelers when they were short road favorites, which is not a particular spot I like to be in. But I feel like, and the Titans have proven this out, Mike Vrabel is one of their biggest edges. Like the way he coaches these games, he's so thoughtful about the rules and so thoughtful about clock management. 
and giving his team every advantage. It is like he is the best of the Belichickian sort of um, apples that have come from that tree. And I think it's really impressive. But this team has not played great. They've, they've beaten bad teams in dramatic fashion. Whereas the Steelers, like, they've been pretty consistent. And I don't know what this team is going to be like without Devin Bush, but it is the best rushing defense in the NFL. And I favor more of what Ben Roethlisberger can do than Ryan Tannehill. And so I've got a little bit of an edge for the Steelers, and now the Steelers are underdogs. So I'm probably going to stay on the Steelers. Chad, I just got to ask you real quick, and I know this is probably silly, but you're not. No one's making any money on this Buffalo Jets game. I mean, Buffalo's twelve and a half point favorites. I, the Jets are abysmal. Uh, there's no way that that they're going to cover this game, are they? Well, look, there's always a way, <laughs> but I can tell you, like the sentiment I've heard from every single person in the gaming space uh, has been, of course, you should bet the Jets in this scenario. There is no way I'm betting the Jets in this scenario. Right. Uh, like they are just so bad. They are they are so full of miscues. They are the they are the team you don't have to worry about doing anything smart to backdoor cover you. Um, so most people are going to be betting the Bills. It's interesting. Check it out. The Action Network. Follow Chad Millman, of course, on Twitter at Chad Millman, and of course, look forward to his segment every Friday right here on Locked On, the Locked On NFL Podcast. Chad, let's make some money off these games this weekend and next weekend. Maybe we'll make some money off the election. I hope so. <laughs> All right, let's do it. There you have it. Just having some fun with the election. I know a lot of us here. We're in our. Uh, we're just talking sports, talking some <laughs> NFL. I just. It's the. It's the Friday before. And we it, all and rolled I, our eyes. We all rolled our <laughs> eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's seventy five percent of this podcast. I'm talking, but this time, yeah, I, I completely understand with where you're coming from. It's going to be a great weekend of, of NFL action. Q, I hope we get to see your Raiders take the field at some point in Week Seven. Uh, I'm just I'm just hoping and praying for that. Yeah, me too. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that uh, they're in a weird position. They're, uh, we've seen the NFL make a lot of changes, a lot of moving and shaking, and who knows how it's really going to happen by the time it's all said and done. But uh, moved off of Sunday night, moved to Sunday afternoon, and I'm sure before it's all said and done, it'll probably be a Monday or Tuesday, but that's just me. So we'll see how it shakes out. For the latest in all the Raiders as far as Las Vegas goes, make sure you're following Q at your boy Q254. For Cardinals information or just uh, random nonsense on social media, you can follow me, Bob Rock, at Bob Rack. Follow the podcast at Locked On NFL Pods. You guys have a great weekend. Make sure to tune in to Peter Bukowski on Monday for the full recap on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You guys have a good one.